Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. And another thing with Dave uh, Bjorn. Let's bring you back up here. We're going to change up the uh, panel a little bit. Hello, Hello, I'm a revived. <laughs> greetings, greetings. Think... Welcome. Uh, and also welcome to Looking Glass. And Sebastian, thank you for sticking around because uh, that was uh, that was quite the marathon there. Of course. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, uh, because you stuck around through all of that, Sebastian, I told you, uh, I told you to take notes. I, and I assume you were probably one of the, you definitely probably did. I know you're a note taker. So... Uh, if you had anything to respond to any of those comments, uh, please do so. And then the looking glass, I'd like to get into some of the things that you were discuss, you wanted to discuss, and then we'll just kind of go around. We'll we'll kind of uh, go with the uh, we'll go with the flow here, right? Yeah. yeah I so uh, I I could, oh, oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, no, no, no. I just wanted uh, to thank you, Talk Hogan, for having the discipline to play through those messages without ever responding. I do not have that discipline, but you have you have taught me that I should have that discipline tonight and i admire that discipline that you have so thank you and then i'm gonna meet <laughs> well that's so well, i appreciate that and uh thank you for uh, sh- uh sharing so so many thoughts and opinions and i'm excited to kind of bite into some of that but uh sebastian uh let loose brother unleash the crowd. Yeah, I, I got a couple things uh so, so early early on uh uh butts was saying that uh he was going off about uh people holding signs and being angry about that while other people are angry about like voting or whatever. I, I just, it, it's, it's weird because every year it's like a new flavor of, of I hate protests or I hate free speech. It's, it's, it's this new. So when, when people are burning buildings down, people are like, Oh no, don't do that. When people are holding up signs, they're like, oh, no, don't do that. When people are, 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 are blocking traffic to get visibility, oh, no, don't do that. We're going to run you over now because that's legal. Um, it just seems like they're like protesting in general. Like people have found ways to reach like lay people and like just the public in general and get them upset at protesters, which is not something that was like super common to do like it was always kind of celebrated uh, at least when i was growing up when i was younger um i got the impression that it was a celebrated thing that we did because we had our first amendment right uh it's a little it's a little weird that like the the dialogue and the narratives on that have shifted to just like hate every form of protest if it's too it's just too aggressive criticize that if it's not aggressive enough criticize that but like if and if it's anything in between, find something to criticize. I, I just I, I don't buy that. I don't I don't like that 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 argument. Like like you either, you either like it or you don't. And if you don't like it, just say that. Like don't yeah. don't critique the specific methodology of of protesting. Another thing. Uh uh. uh well, actually, another thing with Dave, um, who is here now, uh, mentioned RT and like RT being the left channel. Look, I, I grew up with RT. Um, I, I was a, I was a I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty four next week, but uh, I'm thirty three now. Been a communist since I was fifteen. RT has been like my main source of, you know, kind of like the, 
what I would have interpreted at the time as being the left critique um, uh, of, the, you know, the media with left critique. And there was some room for that. Um, it did host a lot of people, my, my actual contemporaries um, at the time, uh, who, you know, who I, like Caleb Maupin, for instance. Caleb Maupin uh, used to be in the World Workers Party, which is a, a kind of a Marxist-Leninist party. Um, and Caleb Maupin got really close to RT, like got really close to the production of RT. And now is this like ultra right wing, like effectively a fascist without, without saying it. Cause he's got all the, the, the Marxist credentials, but so did Mussolini, but, uh, Caleb Maupin's garbage. He, he, he's, he's an opportunist. He, he, he was, you know, he was a Trotskyite, a Marxist Leninist. And now he's doing the whole like dad thing, a dad fascist thing. Um, but that is the trajectory of RT. RT was never a host for leftist critique as, as much. I mean, it did that secondarily, but it was mostly the the American broadcast for uh, like anti-American, specifically like foreign. Like it, it was a, a a foreign policy strategy. Um, it was it was representative of a right wing government. In Russia, RT has never been, or at least primarily, it's never been a, a an actual project for leftists. It, it never had, and and all the people you listed, I mean, Jimmy Dore is fucking garbage. Jimmy Dore is a quack. Jimmy Dore doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, Lee Camp, I, I'll give you that. Lee Camp was pretty good. Um, but, uh, I mean, the People's Party is garbage. This is all, like, like, like I don't know how to describe it, but it's like this, this, this right-wing ideology that, like, has this thin paint of leftist rhetoric. It's, it's, it's critique things not, not through, like, like a, 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 an economic or, or Marxist or leftist framework, but critique things, uh, just to critique them without any kind of like realistic solution. And then like, just be content with being upset. It's it. it People's party is never going to do anything. They're going to, they're going to fade away. Uh, they're probably going to get Jimmy Dore to run for president at some point, which is going to be, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, he's, uh, if he gets on, on a podium, it, 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 you're going to be embarrassed. I promise you. Um, All right. uh, Dave, uh, I want to give Dave the, uh, because, you know, that was kind of a response to Dave and Dave is here now. Dave. Uh, yes, Dave is I here would, now. Yeah. Like, I would like to give Dave the opportunity to respond. Um, uh, please, if, if you'd like to, Dave. Dave's not here, man. Hey, Dave, is Dave there? Dave's not here, man. That, that might be uh, before some of your time. That was an old Cheech and Chong bit. Dave's not here. <laughs> Dave's right here. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, I appreciate your sentiment, Sebastian. How you doing? I've always appreciated your, you know, what you got between your ears right there. You're a thinking feller. Uh, yeah, Better a, a smart feller than a, than a fart smeller, right? Um, yeah, so glad to be on the panel with you guys. Thank you very much. Um, it, I, it seems to me that people have strong feelings about Jimmy Dore one way or the other. Um, and I wonder why he gets so people so upset because he he doesn't so much spew his platform as have people on to give them a microphone right like one thing he did do was was hashtag force the vote trying to get medicare for all and he caused a big commotion with that um 
but he has people on, I wrote, took some notes here, um, like, you know, like reporter Glenn Greenwald, like uh, Max Blumenthal, Aaron Matei. Aaron Matei won an award for debunking Russiagate. Um, and, um, you know, and then just going back to what you were saying about RT America, man, I, I agree. I, I wasn't trying to say that it was a um, uh, podium for the left. Basically, I was trying to to counter the narrative that it was state-sponsored. Um, well, it was Russian state-sponsored, but it wasn't doing really, you know, it wasn't Putin's microphone, Putin's podium. Um, I agree with you that it gave a voice to an anti-American sentiment, which as a foreign government to, to allow Americans to talk shit about their own government, that's a brilliant strategy, right? Because as a left-leaning person, as a far leftist, I would get a lot of truth on RT America about the dirt that the United States either is doing or has done in the past that I couldn't find on uh, a lot of other, you know, um, at least without digging, you know, really deep. Um, yeah. So I think that's all I got on all that. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of Jimmy Dore. He's, I kind of look at him as, uh, you know, the new daily show with Jon Stewart, right? That he's kind of the same MO. He'll bring up a topic kind of joke about it, dig deep into it, offer a counter narrative to what the lamestream or mainstream or lamestream's talking about. And then he usually has an expert on because he's he'd be the first person to say, I'm a pothead in my garage. Right. Yeah, but the, the, the problem with that is that he I mean, OK, look. This guy, number one, OK, let me let me go go back back. I'm familiar with all those people. Aaron Maté, Max Blumenthal. I, I grew up listening to all that before they had this whole like weird coalition. Before Aaron Maté knew who Max Blumenthal was, Glenn Greenwald, who is, uh, uh, I mean, also just an absolute sellout. Uh, I mean, he did great work early on. Uh, all these people, all these people did phenomenal work, but they're part of this weird, uh, uh, like, right deviationist coalition. Um, if, if you want to think about it in, like, leftist uh, uh, terms. Uh, Jimmy Dore has promoted COVID conspiracy theories. <laughs> like, he, he, he's not, I'm not taking this out of context. He literally did that multiple times. The, the guy is, is not really qualified to speak on anything, but he, he really, like, is, is just a megaphone for, for misinformation. Um the counter narrative that comes from people like like Black Blumenthal and and RT itself, I appreciated, but like you have to have a, a very keen understanding that like this is not part of the like labor movement in America or the anti-war movement. This is Russia having this this platform and this narrative to then move forward and do the 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 basically the same shit the u.s does like i agree with all the critiques it's just the person who's critiquing ultimately the ownership of the person who's critiquing um is ha has the same motivations as you know china and and the u.s but uh i mean as long as we understand that uh, we can have a mature conversation about it that's fine i i, I agree with some of the stuff you just said there yeah, I, right. I agree. There's probably nefarious purpose in in starting the channel from the onset. But, you know, I care less about that than I do about the information that I was able to receive because, 
otherwise, like I was saying, I, you know, hard to access a lot of that information, hard to get the dirt on what's really going on in Venezuela. And just a little backstory on Venezuela, right? So Max Blumenthal did an expose on that when we were saying, oh, Venezuela, they can't get toilet paper. He went down there and he filmed the grocery store, like the equivalent of Whole Foods. Yeah, I remember that. And he's going, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's going through the steak aisle. It's full of all these beautiful cuts of meat. It looked like Whole Foods. He goes down the beer aisle. There's all these 20 different kinds of microbrew IPA. And so what it was. It, he surmised is the the one percent down there the 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 um the rich elite down there withholding certain products from the market. Sure. Right. That's right. correct. Yes. Well, let's. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Take your show back. <laughs> as I say, not to. I don't. Not to like jump in, but I don't want to like uh, move past uh, some other things. I want to get Bjorn involved here and uh, the Looking Glass. The Looking Glass had some uh, interesting things to uh, say. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to bring any of those uh, points up, and or did you want to discuss the article? Did you have any que- uh, any points about the article specifically that you wanted to uh, bring up uh, for conversation? Uh, sure. I, I don't. There's a there's a message there. I don't know if he wanted to play that out or for me to. That's true. We don't. Yeah, we don't want to happen what happened last time. All right. Darling, it's not supposed to be protesting. It's supposed to be peacefully assembling. That's totally different in reality. <laughs> um, all right. Well, first, I just wanted to share my position. My position on the topic uh, from what I read. Um, Please, yes. I'm a reader, so when I came in, I was just <laughs> just reading. I put you all turn my volume down, and that's because I couldn't listen and read at the same time because I wanted to. I do like to respect the topics when I um, am listening to um, different people's shows. And obviously, I feel like you all had the intent to have a really great discussion around it. Um, but um, not but. So my position is to highlight that the culture war is not just between the binary of political parties, the religion, um, and also social issues like sexual orientation and or sexual expression. But it's really what I just read in the article. Um, it's really about the internal culture war within the culture. Like, for example, black Republicans against black Democrats, black heterosexuals against black queer folks, black non-secular against black secular. Um, and I mean secular meaning religion, um, where at the root cause of all these problem are positions that's really based off of political ideology. And all of that is tied to classism and then subtly, but not so subtle. Racism, which we, I think, finally and rightfully are acknowledging as the ideology of white supremacy. Um, and so when I'm hearing any kind of um, opinion on um, pushing back on what's happening with the what's really become the part of the, the big part of the culture war, which is the racial part of it, um, is that there's also uh, a blind eye to the fact or a blind or a deaf ear to the fact that these other things are happening even within Black culture because we're still fighting um, the ideology that, has, that, we were, that we were assimilated into. Um, I think absent of American culture, we probably wouldn't even be having much of these um, intercultural wars. But because we have assimilated into what, Amer- what Americanism is, then we're having these too. And I, and I believe that if we can get to a point where we can hash out these concerns that we have within our the, within the Black culture, then we can get to the larger problem of 
what's happening within the racial war. And I believe that that's, that, that's the scary part. That part is actually the scariest part um, because we're trying to resolve so many unresolved issues that has been really for, I believe, white Americans to have resolved so that us black people wouldn't have to still be trying to resolve these issues. And so I, that's my position in, in, in bringing, uh, talking about the culture war. And so I just will leave it at that. Uh, did uh, any of uh, Sebastian or Dave, did you have anything to add? Yeah, uh, or me, to... yeah I, I want to respond to something that she had said in, uh, in, in one of her comments uh, uh, earlier. Um, Absolutely. I, I was, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It, I, I added myself to the show a long time ago. I did not see uh, the article there when the link would I do when I get on the show. I mean, number one, I, I, I got a call. I, I picked up the call. I set up my headphones and I started talking. <laughs> I didn't look at the article. I didn't even know there was an article there. Um, actually, uh, it, it, on, on the contrary, I, I was reading uh, an article um, uh, coming up to this point um, uh, regarding Jane Mayer's uh, dark money. Because a lot of the culture war shit we, we, we deal with, I mean, it's multifaceted, but a lot of it does get funded by special interest groups and, and, and uh, you know, these, these capitalists who are like, like Robert, uh, like the Mercer family. They're essentially just fascists and they, gotta ha- they have a lot of money. So they get to, um, since the, like the 70s, uh, you know, the Koch brothers themselves um, have been funding these uh, people like, like Charlie Kirk, right? Like proto Charlie Kirk. Uh, proto um, uh, Ben Shapiro, and they've been funding them and perfecting this 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 messaging uh, over time uh, through these these refined processes of of infiltrating colleges and and making non issues the issue, um, you know, even when they're in the face of civil rights uh, and and just principles we hold uh, in our constitution. <laughs> um, the so my bad for not reading the article. Basically, is what, what I'm saying. This is a long-winded way of saying that. No, it's uh, it's okay. I did add it late, so that is probably why Looking Glass, uh, this, uh, these guys didn't really um, come up to speed. Uh, weren't up to speed on the article, but uh, that's that's understandable. I just I think that uh, early on, um, when some of the um, points were being made, um, I I didn't want I. At least for I didn't really want us to um, it to be like disjointed where people didn't know what was going on. So if if anything, if if anyone does join um, and express any um, positions about at least the title, then um, I, I don't mind like kind of just trying to highlight what was in the article um, if if it comes to that. Totally. That's yeah. That's I took awesome. t- some time to skim through it. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I saw I saw the, the, in which context you were. You, uh, uh, I think it was a uh, was it a million that was saying it. Um, there were certain things that she was saying that I was like, whoa, 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 why are we talking about this? And now I'm just like, oh, well, that makes sense. So uh, if she's still here, I apologize, but I don't think she's, no, she's not. Yeah, I think that that's, um, I do want to, I do want to speak on, um, I think the tone is what kind of was the, was, was what was being picked up on because um, this is something I had to learn myself. Uh just some background about me. I, I'm I'm a first generation American. My uh, American, uh, my family's from Jamaica, um, and so my upbringing in terms of fully experiencing like the African American experience, aside from not truly even being able to experience the Jamaican ex- uh, experience, um, 
has been eye-opening to learning about the level of pain that I hear in many African-Americans' voices. And for a while, not to say I didn't, I didn't understand that because I definitely did, but when I started hearing different conversations like the Black separatist movements or, or um, um, conversations about Blacks uh, uh, segregating and staying segregated, at first, my, my initial response was to make sure that I was pacifying anyone who was white, who was listening to it so that it didn't feel uncomfortable. But when I really took the time to listen to what was being said in context, um, particularly for many of the of, um, Black people who have like grand grandparents or great grandparents, which thinking about the, you know, the end of slavery, this is like 160, 70, maybe years ago, I might just be overstating the, the numbers. But when you listen to the fact, when you know that there, there are people that are still around that are still telling these stories, then the pain hits a little differently. My criticism is no longer valid because I'm learning that there, what's behind that tone of voice is a, a pain that not many people can understand or connect to. So even for me, I've had to um, have I've had to sort of um, check myself so that when I'm hearing the tone, I'm actually listening to what what's being said, but I'm also tapping back into the context of it so that I don't take it as like um, a, a person being angry just for the sake of being angry, but a person who wants to get to a point of uh, of us being, ha being able to have some redemption, not because we have to ha be redeemed, but because we want this country to be redeemed so that we can stop having to visit this whole uh, mess of what is white supremacy or, ra or, or racism which is really at the root of what, what the article is talking about. And towards the end, um, that's related to the cultural, cultural war that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I just wanted to make it clear that the reason that comment uh, was, was kind of halted isn't because, like, um, I didn't want, I didn't respect their opinion. And I didn't, you know, like, I, I, to me, I have to err on the side of caution, right? If somebody comes on this show and here's something being said that is inflammatory, um, you know, they could report the show and we could be shut down, you know, and, and that's the unfortunate reality. So like, I, I don't want, you know, I think it was just more, again, I have to pay attention to tone. And I, I recognize that she probably wasn't being as uh, concise uh, with her, with her, uh, her thought uh, as, as she maybe would have liked, uh, or maybe I was just wasn't picking up on it because of the tone. But like, you know, I, I have to err on the side of caution anytime. And, and there's just certain words that like kind of can act as triggers for people. So I have to I have to just be mindful of that. So it's nothing to like I didn't want to stifle her opinions. And I, I yeah. Anyway. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, I, I wasn't fully at, at that at that point. I think I was making a drink. So I wasn't fully engaged, but I picked up on some key phrases and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa where, where is this going? And yeah. I heard a certain phrase repeated uh, multiple times. And I'm just like, okay, I, I kind of understand what she's saying, but I can't tell if this is a call to violence or if this is uh, just kind of a, you know, like, uh, how, do you, how do you call that? Like a, like a race reversal. Like, like, you know, what if, what if you were in my shoes and, and this, this is how, this is the only way people would see, like, you know, walking a mile in someone else's shoes is the only way that they're going to see that, um, you know, this is, 
this is the reality for some people. And this is why people are driven into by, by certain things and, and in certain ways. If that's the best possible interpretation, but yeah, that, the choices, <laughs> the choices of words. Yeah, huh? that, that, that's what, no, that's what she was saying was that, but like, so this, this is, um, I think, um, so for, for us, for black people, the, that violence and that level of violence, we, we, We've seen it so much. We've felt it so much that even saying it, um, it, 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 it's not a shock to us because we've that shock has gone away so, because it's happened so much, so much in, in our community. And you know, people will say, "Well, you know, there's black on black crime, and that's true. There's white on white crime. There's Asian and Asian crime, and it's you know, wherever there's a community, there's going to be some kind of crime." But um, that the shock of that for everybody else is not a shock specifically for us because we've been living it. So when you hear it, I think um, what is important for everybody or anyone that's not in the community that, that hears that, those words and how it's being said, it's, it really is to, to be jarring because for us, it's been so jarring. So when you, can, when you feel that from that perspective of the shock that we've been dealing with and feeling, then the point is for it to, to be, see, are you feeling what I'm feeling? Do, do you see what I'm, what I'm saying? Um, and it, can you connect to the type of violence that I've had to experience just because my skin color is black? And if it were to happen on the other, if it were to happen on the other side, would the reactions, would the response be more urgent? And what we've seen with the January 6th insur insurrection what we automatically know is when you compare that to the protests of 2020, there, there was an urgency to enact violence against people who are peacefully protesting, but there wasn't an urgency to enact that same kind of violence. Not to say that it should be done or it should be justified, but just based off of the standard of if someone behaves one way, we're going to respond that way. But there is a, a, an indifference to that because of the fact of uh, one person's skin color being black versus one person's skin color being white. So she meant what she said in that way. And it was meant to be jarring because that's been the experience for black people. Yeah, no, I, I don't yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I 100%, yeah. uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I, I just, it's, it's, it's the platform. It's the, it's the, it's like, it's like what, what Talk Hogan said. Like the only, look, in, in polite company, all day I talk like that. I, I, my, the vast majority of my family is black. I, I am the only in my family tree. My immediate family is the only like the, are the only white people in my family. Uh, my mom is black. Um, it, it's it's the platform, the the place and time is just not right to say stuff like that. Uh, I like it was like talk, talk, uh, talk Hogan was saying this kind of stuff could get us kicked out of uh, stereo. Um, it, it's it could get her kicked out of stereo. I, I don't want that for anybody. There's 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 limits to to what we could say on a on a, a private platform. And I just I'm glad they let us cuss all day. <laughs> but like it, that felt like a call to violence. Just if someone wanted to interpret it that way. And again, I wasn't fully paying attention. But I totally 100 will get what you're saying in retrospect. Everything makes sense uh, with the article, the 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 choice word she she chose. Uh, all of it makes sense. In, in retrospect yeah and i don't yeah it's not it wasn't meant to invalidate her what she was saying i think um i think up here at least this panel um i would at least consider us all most of us i would consider probably all of us up here as allies you know and uh 
I, I don't want to, like I said, this wasn't like meant to discredit or what she was saying. It was just like, I have to be mindful of what's being said, because if somebody comes on here and hears, you know, we're going to spill white blood all over the place or something like that. I get what you're trying to do. I get it. I respect it. But like, I also want to continue this conversation without getting kicked off the air. And there are people on here that if they heard that and interpreted it the wrong way, um, you know, they're going to they're going to report me in my in the show in the shows off the air. So, um, you know, that's that's really the only reason that I had to cut that short. I understand. I, I, I do understand that perspective on it because people do misinterpret so much now these days. Nobody asks clarifying questions. Nobody wants to try to get to the root of an understanding. And, and most people are reactionary. So I understand yeah. like trying to protect the, the show. Um, but I, I hope that with us talking about this for people who find themselves listening to someone who's speaking that way, because I had to retrain myself to understand exactly what that context was when I've heard it myself. I hope that just even think about the article, the article even talks uh, something um, about that, like um, talks about um, basically us having to like work through, um, not fight it through it, but to work through it. And, and we're talking where speech can be violent, um, but there's also, uh, there's also something for people to listen to if the speech is violent in intent to uh, to towards someone or if it's in violent intent to give context to something. And I think that's that. And I, I'm not telling you to to, 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 to you know, retract what you just said or I'm not diminishing what you said at all. But I hope that with us being able to be more open to listening to everyone's perspectives on situations that we start to understand a little bit more about why someone would say something versus um, someone who would react to say, I'm going to block, you know, block this, this, this conversation because it sounds like it's going, it sounds uh, violent. So for a broader, like more future, more maybe um, ongoing conversation about things like this, when people do hear it is to maybe even try to retrain themselves to try to understand exactly where that might be coming from, or at least ask, but I'm, I'm all for saying, well, we got to halt it just in case someone does misinterpret. Right. And that's, and I did, and I did kind of mention in that, uh, in my response to that, uh, it, you know, if you would like, if you would like to clarify that comment a little bit, uh, uh, please, uh, they are more than welcome to, um, you know, again, it, it was more the tone that I had to pay attention to and the words that were being said and the way they were being said. Uh, and, but now that being said, I agree. And if you and if you and uh, would like to uh, continue this conversation, I'm fine with this. Uh, you know, I, I agree that like, um, you know, if this was meant to like further a, 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 a bro- more broader conversation, then that conversation needs to be had. Uh, so if you would like to lead that conversation, um, you know, uh, I would like, you know, I think I think it would be something that that would be. Are you guys interested, Sebastian, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I w- I just want to say one last thing on the culture war stuff, though, really quick, uh, if you don't mind. Totally, totally. Uh, it, it is, it, and and uh, Looking Glass kind of kind of uh, really really uh, it, you know, kind of made the final point here is that this is a, I said it earlier too. This is a multifaceted thing. We're talking about uh, misinformation from governments. We're talking about uh, uh, ideologies from like theocratic. Uh, uh, groups in America and outside of America. We're talking about um, uh, 
corporations that have endless amounts of money and, and these billionaires who have endless amounts of money to spend to promote their own narratives. It, the and, and it all culminates. It all coagulates on the internet. And like, this is why we're like right now, I, I feel like a, a powder keg, like this whole country is just a powder, powder keg waiting to just go off. It's the, the most dangerous place to be right now in the world. Uh, is is America? I mean, I, I I say that kind of exaggerating. Obviously, there's there's more dangerous places to be, but like, it really just feels like any day now. I mean, I've been telling people to stop using uh things like Signal and move to like Threema because you don't even want your phone number associated with your with your messages if you're going to be doing political work. Um, go start scrubbing your your digital footprint. That's a really difficult thing to do, but like, <laughs> you know, start doing it now before. Um, before these companies are forced to turn over uh, information to this like Christian Catholic fascist uh, uh, formation, this faction in in our government. Um, I don't know what's coming next. And like, this is leading up to World War II. This is really similar shit. I know we hear that all the time, but like, it was the Catholics, and I was raised Catholic, by the way. (laughs) I'm not trying to like, oust anyone. I think Catholics in general are great people. But it was uh, Catholic leadership that funded the uh, the fascist organizations all over Europe. Uh, because this is, you know, these are revolutionary situations. And in revolutionary situations, uh, defined by Fidel Castro, if I could quote him for a second, revolution is is a, a battle to the death between the future and the past. And the Catholic Church definitely represents another time. It represents uh, the feudal era. It represents uh, monarchies and religious leaders. And they are just trying to crawl their way back into into power right now is what I feel like. And I'm not saying the Pope's doing that. I just think there are certain factions in uh, Catholicism, because um, there's plenty of those, um, who want to see this become a reality. And they have already literally taken over our Supreme Court. And that's not something I thought was going to happen in my lifetime, but this is where we're at. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't want to take over the, the discussion um, and change the discussion. I think it, I, I think it's fair for everybody to be able to, um, exp- we were talking about culture war already um, as, as it is. Um, but, you know, what's interesting about what you just said, um, Sebastian, which is um, who's in charge of influencing uh, the culture. And I wish that more people would pay attention to who, where things start, where the root of uh, someone's um, mission or campaign is coming from, because then I think the people who might be more aligned with whatever that politics are uh, politics uh, is at, at for whatever the discussion is. For example, um, when CRT was being um, sort of like the boogeyman of like I don't know, it, like no one asked questions uh, about what it was. And when you would ask, when people would be asked what it was, they couldn't tell you. They could only tell you what they heard someone else say that it was. And if I was a person that was in that circle, and I expected more from, uh, or I had a, at least an expectation for people who are going to represent me, I would at least want them to be honest with me and say, okay, well, 
But if you don't know what it is or you have, what are you, so what are you trying to tell me that I need to be fighting against? And that's in anything. That's whether it's, you know, Black Lives Matter, which did start as an organization that was, that was really trying to call attention to the fact that Black lives did not matter. Black lives still don't matter anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's in Africa or, you know, the diaspora or anything like that. It, it just in the scale of what lives matter, black lives is typically going to be the last. And it's been that way for a really long time, probably because of the fact that we have a story of slavery and people automatically equate slavery with people who are weak and what have you. And so when you take all of that into account and you really sit down and think about the fact that there are people that do have agendas, just like what you said, and the article talks about this too, um, but it also talks about the fact that like now it's less and less um, like political committees now, it's just the people now, it's us, us. Like we're now perpetuating and parroting and mimicking what we've been hearing for so long and no one's actually asking questions of the people who keep have been giving us this information, but you all are. You're, you, you, you've already identified, you know, liberal, these liberal pe- uh, people, leaders, I guess you can say, who were leading the charge. And then now there's that, in, there's a fighting again within liberal culture about who's not being progressive enough or whoever, who has walked away from the party. And this is happening in Republican circles too. It's just a really big mess. And, and I think that people are not asking questions to try to get to who started that mess. And why, what does that have to do with me? And why do they keep dragging me in it? Because it's distracting me from the things that I really want to solve, which is everybody wanting to be kumbaya and being unified. We can never do that because we keep on allowing people to influence us, but never ask them, why do they want to do that? I mean, I mean uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to break, briefly touch on the, um, the counterculture thing, right? I'm, I'm probably the oldest person on the panel. I was born in 1967, right around the summer of love. So, you know, that's kind of the root of what he's talking about in the article, right? Is it used to be the counterculture versus the squares. And the counterculture was united. And the counterculture was all the freaks and fairies, right? Hippies, freaks, fairies, all of us, you know, I was a metalhead, but we got along, you know, hand in glove with the punk rockers because they were anti-establishment, anti-white picket fence, anti, you know, mansion on the hill as well, as was the queer community, right? Because all the disenfranchised groups got along because we could relate like, oh, yeah, we're totally disenfranchised, too. You know, I'm the working poor. What's going on? How are you doing? Oh, we got way more in common than we have uh, not in common. Um, But my entire life, I've seen the infiltration of these groups and then the the co-opting and the fracturing of these groups. And if you pull back the lens, to me, it's obvious that it's the oldest tactic in the book, divide and conquer, right? Because if you get the 99% fighting against themselves, then the 1% can sit back and, and relax in their mansion on the hill. If we get together, they're done. So to me, it's, it's, I've seen this play out and I mean, a multitude of ways, right? Like gay marriage, no gay marriage. Wait, are we a free country or not? Can we just talk about freedom, equality, and equal pay for all people and move on? But there's all these, what you call wedge issues to get people to pick a side and then pit them against each other, right? Are you pro-vax, anti-vax? Now you're fighting. Are you, you know, pro-gay marriage, anti-gay marriage, pro-abortion, anti-abortion, you know, and not pro-abortion, pro-life or pro-choice? 
Um, so these are all wedge issues, and most of them a civil rights issue that shouldn't be decided by, you know, a personal liberty and civil rights issue, I believe, that the government has no place in deciding. Um, but I wanted to mention a couple things. Um, you know, uh, the Looking Glass mentioned that we need to look into what is the root of a movement. And that is so important, right? Because a bunch of people thought the uh, the Tea Party was this grassroots movement that was funded and started by the Koch brothers, mm-hmm. right? You know, billionaires who are dead set on uh, on getting more and us having less, and they're they're in polluting industries and in extractive industries. So, you know, if you want to put a face on evil, there's you know two or three Koch brothers. I'm not sure how how many are still alive. Um, uh, but then think, you've got I the, think two left. Yeah, thank God one of them fell. But um then you've got the CIA and um there's this uh there's this awesome program I urge everybody to check out. Oh before I forget, Sebastian, please on the back channel send me anything that I can you do to scrub my digital footprint and that thing that you said that's better than signal, I'm I I'd be super interested. I recently had my YouTube channel taken down and I lost six, 7 years worth of work, so any oh, info no, you got that sucks. Great. I've seen I've yeah. seen your YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Fifteen hundred documentaries on there that I accumulated for oh, the people, God. and now now they're gone. Um, what happened? But uh, I was uh, called that uh, I was accused of medical misinformation just because I was talking. I'm double vaxxed, but I was talking about what Joe Rogan did, and you can't. And then when I looked closer at their terms of service, you can't even mention hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. Not even, pro- let alone promote it. You can't mention it. So, and the way... So for the, a while, you YouTube, couldn't mention COVID. Right. And the way the, the YouTube disciplinary thing works is once you have a strike, your channel is frozen. So when I got one strike, I went in there trying to remove a bunch of stuff, anything that could be considered controversial, and I couldn't do it. It was frozen. So then while it was frozen, without me being able to do anything, I got strike two and three, and boom, my channel was taken down. Oh Unbelievable in a quote-unquote free country. But I guess they are a private company, so there's that. But I wanted to urge everybody to look at this uh, thing. It's on the film archives, which you can find on YouTube. John Stockton, a former CIA um, operative, they do all kinds of wonderful talks with uh And Utah basketball great. Oh, really? Cool. Um, and Different he was talking stuff. about... He was talking about 75% of what he did in the CIA and what the CIA does in general is propaganda to shape public opinion. So exactly what we're talking about here, to shape a narrative, to put forward forth a, a term like critical race theory, right? Um, to the point where even uh, the CIA was the one that supplied Charles Manson with his LSD. I was blown away when I learned that through the MK Ultra experiments. The CIA was the one that was supplying Manson with LSD. And once again, as a way to infiltrate and annihilate the free love and, you know, movement of the of the 60s, where everybody was like, you know, fuck the man. As long as you're not the man, we're all we're all together. Well, then that got all fractured and splintered and ate itself. Right. Um, Yeah, I find it shocking sometimes. That the generation that is pushing. Uh, all of these oppressive policies are, I mean, surprisingly, 
uh, a majority of them are from like the six, like the people who are like just like fucking like rabbits and holding up peace signs and smoking lots of pot and doing lots of drugs. Mm. Yeah, r- right. Like the Jimmy Gar or the Jerry Garcia sticker on the back of a Mercedes is the like, ultimate what irony. What happened to them? What happened to them? Like what? Where did they go? Yeah, <laughs> turned into the '80s, the me generation. But you know what I mean? Like what? Like that? That generation was pretty. It, they were close. They were close. They they understood the 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 like main principle, like the important principles of like humanity, like peace and love. Right? If you love yeah. each other and you and you don't want to hurt each other, then uh, the world would be a pretty good place. Uh, so, you know, it's funny to see them now, like they're the ones that are like, you know, the the diehard military, you know, waving the Trump flags uh, type of people. And, and that's just you have to understand, yeah. too, that they, they, they had they've had as many years as they've been alive as as, as many years that they, they've been exposed uh, to new kinds of propaganda. I mean, the, yeah. the advanced, like the super advanced uh, strategies, the media strategies that the, uh, the, the, the Bush administration had during the lead up to the Iraq war. I mean, really, really competent stuff. Um, it, the, the, I don't know if any, anyone remembers the, uh, the Wolf commercial, but the Wolf commercial was the thing that did it for a lot of people. Um, I don't know if you call it a commercial, a PSA or whatever, but that really did it for a lot of people. They saw that. They, they, they saw these, you know, these personified uh, or, or anthropomorphized terrorists as wolves. And whoever put that together just knew what they were doing and knew who they were talking to. They were talking to that generation of people who became these, like, rabid, insane, like, pro-war people who, you know, the, the generation that was supposed, supposed to be against the Vietnam War suddenly is like, oh, no, this is this is the threat. Like, they, you know, um, we have to go into Iraq right. because they have connections to Al-Qaeda. And if we don't, you know, we, we, if we don't up our, our, our we, we don't turn over our, our, um, our privacy for security, then, then uh, we're, we're going to get, we're going to all get killed by these, uh, these theocratic uh, terrorists, the Mujahideen that, that turned into, uh, to the, the Al-Qaeda or whatever. But the, I mean, the ironic thing is now we have a different kind of theocracy <laughs> inside of our borders. But whatever, I guess that's not that's, as important. That's so, so true. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time. Keep on digging for the truth.